I'm going to talk about, God speaks to His people. And I don't know that we're going to get all the way through tonight's lesson, but we're going to get a good jump start on it. And what we don't finish this week, we'll just pick up next week. So 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 and 17 All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete or mature, thoroughly equipped for every good work. We learn a lot in those two verses of Scripture. First of all, we learn that Scripture is a gift that God has given unto us. We also can see that it's inspired by the Lord himself. In other words, it's God breathed. And that inspiration caused men to write as the Holy Spirit was moved upon them. We understand that it's beneficial or profitable. Anything that is profitable is good for us. If you're going to make an investment in your life, you want to see the dividends. You want to see some profit from the investment that you make. And the same thing is true with your relationship with the Word of God, when you invest in the Word of God, it pays. It pays to spend time in the Word of God. It's good to reprove us, to correct us, to give us instruction so that we walk on the righteous path that God has called us all to walk on, that the man or the woman of God may be mature, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And then Second Peter, if you would please, Second Peter Chapter 1, verse 20 and 21 reads, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Another very important and foundational truth when it comes to God speaking to his people that the word of God confirms itself. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, every truth, every doctrine needs to be established upon that. So there's no private interpretation of the word of God. And that protects us from mishandling and misinterpreting and therefore misapplying the truths of the word of God. So you can... You can uh, assure yourself that if it's foundational, if it's fundamental, there's going to be several different examples of it in Scripture. And when you have that, you have a good foundation to, uh, to understand what God is saying and what God requires uh, from us as his people. Now, if you just want to, uh, let's turn back to the left and we're going to go to the book of Hebrews chapter 1, and we're going to read the first four verses. I'm just laying a foundation on God speaking to his people. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. 
So we have confidence that God is speaking to us through his word. There's prophetic scriptures we can see by his son. He is speaking to us. And then the last portion of scripture I want you to look at is John's gospel. John's gospel, if you would, chapter 10. And we're going to be reading the second through the fifth verse And then we're also going to be reading the 27th through the 30th verse. John's Gospel, the 10th chapter, verses 2 through 5. Jesus speaking, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And who brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will, they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Verse 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who gave them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. In Scripture, there's over 1,900 times where the author identifies the Lord as the one who's communicating to him. And therefore, as they were inspired and moved by the Holy Spirit, they wrote, There's 500 times in the first five books of the Bible where the author, which is Moses, said God said or the Spirit said or the Lord said over 500 times in those five books. And then through the remainder of Scripture, there's 1,200 accounts where the author identifies God as the one communicating to them. So God has always spoken to his people, and today he communicates to us by his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been given unto us to reveal and to make known unto us the Father and the Son, God the Father and God the Son, Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit will use the Bible, prayer, our own conscience, which is the voice, uh, the still small voice of the Spirit in your spirit, Uh, Other believers, he uses circumstances, angels, visions, dreams, and the gifts of the Spirit to communicate to humanity. There are various ways and there are numerous accounts all through Scripture, the New Testament specifically, where God intervenes and he speaks. And it's always recognizable when God speaks. It's very authoritative and we're going to get into some of the the ways that we can ascertain or discern that it's the Lord, as opposed to maybe just our imagination or maybe it could be the enemy trying to communicate something to deceive us or to get us off course. We're probably not going to spend a lot of time tonight on the latter of those as far as, you know, uh, the counterfeit. We're going to spend more time on hearing and understanding and ascertaining what the Lord is saying unto us. And the example that I've used throughout the years that I think is just so apropos when it comes to recognizing the voice of the Lord, the voice of conscience, the voice of the Spirit, recognizing when the when the Lord is, is guiding us and speaking to us is 
if a teller goes to work at a bank, in order for them to understand and to have a discernment between real money or authentic money and counterfeit money, they give them authentic money. And they handle it, handle it, handle it, handle it, handle it, handle it, handle it. And then over a period of time, they'll slip in a counterfeit. And pretty soon they're like, this one doesn't feel right. This one doesn't seem right. But in order to understand what is not of value and what does, is not authentic, you have to get acquainted and become more confident and more at home with what is authentic and what is genuine. And too many believers I've, I've encountered uh, throughout the years, too many believers are concerned about missing God. And we're going to learn tonight when God speaks, it's very recognizable. And he doesn't want us to miss him. It's very specific. It has a purpose behind it. It's all in line with his plan. And it's not as difficult or challenging as Sometimes we've made it to be, okay? We have to keep in mind that the method in which God communicates is not the key to knowing God's voice. And I want to stop here and just explain that for a minute. Uh, So many people get caught up in how God communicates, and then that's the way that they believe God communicates to them all the time. And so any other means that he might use, let's say that the Lord spoke to someone in a dream, and that actually can happen. Then if they're not careful, they believe that's the only way God can speak to them. And so everything that that, uh, becomes the Lord's leading in their life or the Lord speaking to them If it doesn't come in the form of a dream, they don't believe that it's the Lord. And there's other people that, you know, other believers would say something to them. And then they become, you know, dependent on other believers. But God has a lot of different ways in which he wants to communicate to us. So don't get caught up on the method. And just get stuck that this is the way God has to speak to me. And if he doesn't speak to me this way, then, then I, you know, it's not the Lord. What we want to focus on and what we really want to develop is in order for us to know the voice of God, we have to have a personal relationship with him. A good example is, is Charlene and I throughout the years have developed a way of communicating. We have verbal communication. We have nonverbal communication. You know, that I can, I can look at her in a certain way and she understands exactly what I'm saying. I don't have to use words. I, I my body language, uh, communicates something. I've used this example throughout the years that when Charlene puts her hands on her hip and she looks at me and begins to talk, I know Superwoman is in the house. And I better pay attention at that point in time. But uh, at first, I I wasn't quite sure when the hands went on the hip how I should interpret that. But throughout the years, and because we've developed a relationship and we communicate, I know she means business when the hands go on the hip. If the finger comes out, especially if she does this, 
if Charlene ever does this, this is not a comma. These are not quotation marks. This is like you're getting ready to get it, Doug Brady. And so <laughs> I understand exactly what she's saying. And the method, the method isn't what I'm focusing on. What I focused on was our relationship. And I could tell, I could tell immediately, and she can tell with me also. Uh, the other day she said, you really had an attitude. And I said, I, I really don't think I had an attitude. And she says, no, you had an attitude. And I was like, well, let me check. No, I didn't have an attitude. I think you just missed it that time. And she's like, no, no, you had an attitude. You'd, so anyone who's married understands your spouse, whether we want to admit it or not, they know us. And they, they know the things that we're communicating even when we're not using words. Now, Let's let's just take that illustration, that very simple illustration, and let's say that you became more comfortable and more confident and more at peace and more at home in the presence of the Lord and spending time with the Lord, then you would be more sensitive to his communication, to when he speaks and to how he speaks. And you would respond accordingly. I respond according to Charlene's communication to me because I care about our relationship. And I've discovered that most believers do not want to, to dishonor or displease the Lord, but many of them aren't recognizing and picking up on the various ways in which he is communicating with them. And, and because of that, uh, you know, they're missing out on a, a way of, uh, of a way that he guides us and leads us. So God in his grace and in his goodness continues to work with us, continues to speak to us and reveal himself to us. Also, we have to know that God confirms his word. And many times the confirmation can come through the form of having peace. And peace is something that just stays regardless of the circumstances. You could even be in a season where it's very stormy or very turbulent, but you have peace. And that's the abiding peace that Jesus said that he would leave with us. My peace I give to you. That's confirmation that you're on the right road and you're, you're on the right path. And many of us in the stormy seasons of our life or in difficult times or challenging times have had God just say, hold steady. Stay in the boat. You're going to be safe. You're going to make it through this. And I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit and the peace that he gives us. So through this confirmation, the Lord continues to hold our our heart steady and that abiding peace that passes understanding keeps our heart and mind in Christ Jesus. The Lord also confirms his word with convincing evidence that he has spoken and is pleased with our obedience. There's sometimes more of an authoritative voice and something that that we it almost startles us. It catches us unaware. And we're going to look at several examples here in a moment. So once again, we should not be looking for confirmation, just like we shouldn't get caught up in the method. I, I have a good friend, and, and uh, he lives uh, a very disciplined life. Um, every month he spends several days fasting and praying. And, it, and it's one of the ways that... Um, that the Lord does speak to him. But in our, throughout the years and throughout our relationship, I said, what if he spoke to you this way? 
And he says, yeah, I just, I'm not as comfortable with that. I said, what if he spoke to you this way? What if he spoke to you this way? And he's like, well, I, I, I just, I don't know if I would recognize it's him. So I've encouraged him. Let's not get caught up in the method. I, I have my own way of, of hearing from the Lord or preparing myself to hear from the Lord. And, and he, and he's gracious and he moves in that area. But sometimes, you know, just that, that still small voice, that gentle nudge, the course of my day, I might override or, or might not even pay attention to, but it's just as much the Lord as, as any other way. It's just as much Him. So He wants us, He wants us to be sensitive to His Spirit and sensitive to His speaking into our life. So let's not get caught up in looking for confirmation. I need confirmation or even asking the Lord for confirmation. The Lord will confirm it. Let's do this instead. Let's be focused on our obedience to what the Lord has spoken to us. And let's be assured that he is able to convince us that we have heard from him. He will be the one that says, yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me. Okay? All right. When God speaks to us, he will do it with a purpose and it will be specific. The time God speaks is the occasion for us to begin adjusting our schedule and orienting our thinking to comply with what he has asked us to do. Is always going to require an adjustment or a step of faith on our behalf. When God speaks many times, he's taking us from one place to another. Or from one season to another. So it's going to be new. And it's going to require us to rearrange sometimes our priorities. Or to open up some more time in our schedule. But whenever we do that, it's always beneficial. Many times the Lord speaks to us about the things we've been speaking to him about. And because sometimes we don't wait in prayer long enough to hear from him, he begins to speak to us in other ways because he hears our prayers and he knows the desires of our heart. But sometimes we just present our our prayers and then we walk away from our prayer closet. And if we didn't hear something immediately, we wonder, did the Lord hear us? But listen to the scripture. The Lord's ears are open to the prayers of the righteous. The Lord's ears are open to the prayers of the righteous. So every time you and I bring a desire or petition before the Lord that's based on his will, he wants to respond to us. But sometimes we don't wait long enough. And sometimes in that moment, we may not be ready to hear what he has to say, but he is going to prepare us and he is going to answer that prayer and speak to us. So when God speaks, we begin to make the adjustments and he will work to develop our character to match the specific assignment he has given unto us. So we have to permit time to be our ally and not our enemy when preparing to follow the leading of the Lord. Scripture says through faith and patience, he will inherit or you and I will inherit the promise. So if the Lord and when the Lord speaks to us, There's always a specific purpose. 
for him speaking to us. There's always specific direction he wants to give us. There's guidance that he wants to provide for us. There's insight he wants to let us know. And therefore, we need to be open, pliable, and receptive. We need to be patient in the process. Because the Lord sometimes is developing us through the fruit of the Spirit of patience so that when we step into that new season or that new assignment, our character will sustain us. Character development or the maturing of us as his sons and daughters is part of God's will for our life, that we grow up into Christ and that we put away childish things and we become more mature in our faith and more fruitful. Now, I want to give you three examples here, three examples in Scripture where the Lord spoke to his people. Acts chapter 9 and verse 10 through 19. It says, now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. Would you say disciple? disciple. The reason I emphasize that Ananias was the disciple is because we understand that the Lord spoke to Moses and to Joseph and to Isaiah and Jeremiah. And we say, well, they were prophets. We know that the Lord spoke to Jesus. We'll say, but that was Jesus. But here's Ananias, and Ananias is not categorized as a prophet or a pastor or a teacher or evangelist. He is a disciple. He's a believer. And the Lord entrusted him with a very important assignment. Let's continue to read. And he said to and. And to him, the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judah for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, sent me that you may also receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Okay, a few things here, and then we're going to go to our second example. Very specific. It was in keeping with the purpose of God that Saul would recognize that the encounter that he had earlier with Jesus was a real encounter and experience with God. Ananias 
knew of Saul's reputation and the Lord comforted Ananias and said, he's a chosen vessel, go. I know what he's been doing, but he's not the same man. He has experienced my presence. He's experienced me. And so he went and he went and he was obedient unto the Lord. It was, it was, it, now this is also a very important little uh, caveat here. Ananias wasn't seeking to have a vision. He wasn't asking to have a vision. The Lord chose that means of communication so that Ananias would be able to understand this is God. When God speaks to us, there's no doubt about it. That was, that was the Lord. This is the only time we know of in Ananias' life where he ever had a vision. So he didn't write a book, How to Have Visions. How you can position yourself to have a vision from God. Ananias was a disciple learning about the Lord, like all of us, wanting to serve the Lord, wanting to please the Lord, wanting to develop a relationship with the Lord. And the Lord said, I have an assignment for you, Ananias. I'm really pleased that you're following me, that you're becoming a disciple. And so I've got another servant, and he's a little bit of a rascal. He's got a bad reputation. But I want you to go, and I want you to tell him that I've called him. I want you to use, I want you, and it was very specific. And, and when Ananias' assignment was done, and when he went and laid hands on Saul, then the Lord moved and Ananias just graciously continued to follow the Lord. We don't hear of any other accounts of him in Scripture. And I think that that's a, a very wonderful truth is that Moses had one burning bush experience. Ezekiel saw the wheel in the middle of the wheel one time. Isaiah, when the Lord spoke to him multitudes of times, but originally to when he was called, it was when he saw the Lord and he was high and lifted up. That was the only time where he had a vision into heaven that's recorded in Scripture. When the angel came and, and took the coal off the altar and touched his, his mouth, is the only time that that is mentioned in Scripture. So these are things that we don't seek, but as we develop our relationship with the Lord and as you become more comfortable and more at ease with him, you're going to recognize when he speaks to you. And it's not going to be any ifs, ands, or buts about it. This was very specific and it fulfilled God's purposes. Okay. Number two. Number two, Acts 15. Here's something that Brother Hagen taught and I found to be true and it bears witness with me is that many, many Christians are missing the supernatural because they're looking for the spectacular. Is that God speaks to us in our spirit or by his spirit in our spirit. But most people are looking for an outward manifestation. 
And Brother Hagen said, and I agree with it, and I've seen, and, and it bears witness with me, that many Christians are just missing out on the supernatural presence of the Holy Spirit in their life and His leading and His guiding and His gentle nudge because they're looking for something big and flashy and overwhelming. And they just miss out on that. And we don't want to be those people. So Acts chapter 15, verse 22 through 29. Then it pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, who was also named Barsabbas and Silas, leading men among the brethren. Now, the reason that they're calling this council together is that this is a time of of conflict, and it's a time where they need to make some decisions because of this conflict. So they need to have some conflict resolution. So they put together a committee. It says, then they wrote by letter to them, the apostles, the elders, and the brethren, to the brethren who are uh, of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. Greetings. Since we heard that some who went out from us have troubled you with words, unsettling your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment, it seemed good to us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men to you, with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who will also report the same things by word of mouth. Here it is, verse 28, really a key. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that you abstain from things offered to idols, from blood and from things strangled, and from sexual immorality, to keep yourselves from these. You will do well. Farewell. I think it's interesting that the the, the early church recognized that God's Spirit, when He was working to resolve some conflict and some misunderstandings about things that were communicated, they said it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit gently bearing witness with them that we don't want to put a burden on you. We're not going to put something on you that the Lord never put on you. And they gave them instruction as to the things that they were to do. And I think that that's very good. Here's the second caveat, all right? You can always, 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 100% of the time in building your relationship with the Lord, because this is where the confidence comes from hearing from Him, you always, 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 always build your life on the Word. Because the Bible is God talking to us. If you never have any of these uh, other ways in which the Lord communicates, Hearing from him in his word is the primary way. So I'm going to close with this. I'm going to read one more example. T.L. Osborne was a great missionary, traveled to over 120 nations, and he spoke to some degree or another 70 different dialects. It was an ama- he was an amazing ambassador for the kingdom of God. Said, I have seen the Lord in a vision. I've had the Lord Jesus speak to me audibly. But the greatest revelation and the greatest and the, and the most perfect way I've ever heard from God is daily abiding in His Word. See, He didn't build 
his confidence or his relationship on a vision or on an experience, he built it on the word of God and he experienced the leading of God all the days of his life. So you and I have to understand the way that we build a relationship with the Lord is by building it on his word. And the more that you get the word in you, then your prayer life is actually going to be something that becomes more fruitful. I, I know of people and they'll, they'll spend X amount of time in prayer. You ask them how much time they spend in their word, in the word. They spend very little time in the word. You have to spend more time in the word because it will enhance your prayer life. All right. Last example. Acts 16, 6 through 9. And this is Paul when he's traveling and he had just a desire to go, go, go. And it says in verse 6, Now when they had gone through uh, Pergia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden, forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. This is God speaking to them. His spirit just saying, no, you can't go. No, you can't go there. You know, the Lord, the Lord will direct our steps or sometimes it is just not the season to go to those places. So passing by Mysia in verse eight, they came down to Troas and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after we had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. This is very specific. So Paul is being obedient. He's going into all the world. And as he's going, the Lord says, no, I don't want you to go there. He says, well, I'll just go this direction. And he starts down that road. And the Lord says, no, I don't want you to go there. So they settled down. They started just waiting. They didn't move. And in that moment, sometime in the evening, a man from Macedonia appeared to them in a vision. And he said, come over and help us. And they said, the Lord has directed us now to go that direction. And so, you know, that's a, uh, I've, I've gotten no's before. You've gotten a no before. You've made plans. I'm going to do this. And then in the middle of seven, you know, it just doesn't seem it. No, it's, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. There's other times where you maybe weren't even interested in going somewhere. And it was like, but the Lord, I'm, I'm supposed to I'm going to go over here and do this. Where does all of that? Where does all of that kind of confidence and hearing from the Lord come from? Our day in and day out commitment to just walking and talking with the Lord. The Lord knows you have a family to raise. He knows you have work you have to go to. Uh, he's very aware of your responsibilities and your commitments. But I promise you, if you invite him into where you work and into your activities at home with your children, then you're not going to miss out on anything. You're not going to miss out on anything. And parents, let me encourage you, especially as your children are at home and even when they're not at home, that, you know, to just 
Talk to the Lord about your kids. Talk to the Lord about your grandkids. Talk to the Lord about the things at work. And because you're just setting yourself up for him to speak to you. Talk to the, th- talk to the Lord about the things that concern you. While you're going to work, if there is trouble at work, if there are concerns at work, if there are people that are making work challenging and difficult, talk to the Lord about it. Look into his word and find ways where you can serve people, help people. And the Lord will, I promise you, in time and according to his purposes, be very specific with you about what to do and when to do it. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641-828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.